Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to the show. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. Seahawks saved their season last night. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. Thrilling come from behind win for Seattle with a backup quarterback. And now they're back in the hunt in the NFC to get to the playoffs. And listen, I'm not sure how dangerous the Seahawks are, but when you have the three headed monster of DK Metcalf, when you have Kenneth Walker going in the way that he was, and you have an emergence of Jackson Smith and Jigba as this sort of speedster on the outside, that is a tough offense. Not to mention Tyler Lockett, who's just been steady his whole career. Yeah, but this is a team that lost four in a row. I I, I understand what you're saying. On paper, that all sounds great. On in reality, we've not seen that on the field. I, I don't think the the Seahawks have been a well-rounded team. Last night, th- those guys look good, but then again, they only scored 20 points against one of the worst defenses in the league. Statistically, Eagles are bottom 10 in every category. I understand. I think that's m- partly a function of Drew Locke starting yep. over Geno Smith, but I- I'm not sure that that the whole equals all those pieces. I love DK Metcalf. I love Lockett. I love JSN. Those guys are great. But for some reason, it hasn't come together for Seattle consistently, and it didn't really last night. You know, there were points I thought Seattle really left on the board. That early in the first, I believe it was the first quarter, might have been their first drive, when they had a fourth and one, and they decided yeah. to punt on a fourth and one. It's like, and it was around the 40. I'm like, it, their own 40, mm-hmm. sure. But like, really, you don't think you can get a yard against, again, this Eagles defense, which has not been... Great. And they looked they deci- a little better last night. And they decided to punt yeah. there, which I was surprised. And then late in the game, when it was a promising drive for Seattle, they're marching down the field, and Pete Carroll calls a timeout uh, to, to after a big play to try to get his teams uh, to avoid a delay of game. And yeah. they end up looking again at the catch at the last play, and it turns out it was a no catch, and they end up having to kick a field goal there as opposed to what may have been finishing out with a touchdown drive. Yeah, no, that that was a bad, bad job by Pete Carroll. And then he tried to get the timeout back, but which actually, is hilarious. I got to tell you, there was a fourth and two before where they did not, the Seahawks did not look good. I honestly think that might have saved them three points because they were not, they did not have that much faith in Drew Locke to convert those short yeah. yardage things. I think if Geno Smith was quarterback, they definitely would have gone for it. I think that was a function of getting used to Drew Locke. Hey, by the way, great story, Drew Locke last night. All the credit to him uh, for that last drive. He's got a great arm. He just uh, He's another guy, too. You look at him on paper, like, oh, he should be a pretty good NFL quarterback, and it's never come together. I got to say, I also was watching this saying, man, this Russell Wilson trade is like, it's really the gift that keeps yeah. on giving here for Seattle. This was like all the guys 
a lot of the guys from the trade who were on display last night. Now, unfortunately, you didn't have uh, Witherspoon, who was out, but you have Noah, uh, Drew Locke, you have Noah Fant, you obviously have Charles Cross, I mean, uh, Mafe, who's the out, the outside linebacker. Like, these are all guys who came over in that trade. So, meanwhile, uh, let's hear a little of this emotional Drew Locke. Uh, Ryan, cut 20, please, uh, about the turmoil that he's been through, going from starter, getting benched, having to compete with Gino for the job. It's so hard. It's so hard to describe the feeling of, you know, not playing for so long, or at least what feels like a really long time to me. And then you sit there, you watch games, you wonder, can I do this still? I haven't been out there on the field. That's the human nature of it. You get back out there last week, I'm like, you know what? I'm the man, so I can go do this. And then you got another test this week where I didn't know if I was going to play or not. Sure enough, ended up playing. We're playing the Eagles tonight. And the, the boys around me rallied tonight. And it's just, gosh, it feels so good. It feels so good. I'm so proud of everybody tonight. And it was an emotional post-game interview, and you feel for the guy, um, and he gets a big moment. Now, they did say after the game that Geno is going to start the next game against Tennessee. So Geno's groin injury, good enough to play next week. And so... Here, here comes Seattle, maybe for a surprise playoff appearance. Yeah, I mean, if they win out, they're almost definitely going to yeah. get in. A lot of football left. I'm not convinced they're going to win out. Uh, I think a lot of people saw that win last night and thinks that they've righted everything, but we'll see. Three games left. Uh, as an Eagles fan, we don't want to see the Rams. I'll take that Seahawks team again. The Eagles should have won that game last night. I mean, I'm so sorry, that sounds like sour grapes, but well, the Eagles had that game. They gave it away more than the Seahawks took it. Although the last drive was amazing, but if Jalen Hurts just doesn't throw those that la- the second to last interception, yeah. then the Eagles could have ground out the clock. They found a creative way to lose that game. They did, but I, I and Jalen Hurts doesn't look like the MVP candidate that we had come to know from Jalen Hurts. And maybe that was partially because he had the flu or flu-like symptoms and partially maybe because he's got a knee injury, but it's been different for him this year for sure. And because he's looked different, the team looks different, and this there is not the type of confidence with the Eagles losing now three in a row. There's not the type of confidence around their, this team that there was last year. Yeah, I mean, in his defense, he did make some sick plays last night. Like, he'll he'll roll to the right, and he'll hit Devontae Smith. He had some great plays. He just made a couple uncharacteristic boneheaded mistakes. I don't know why he has so much faith in A.J. Brown, as he should. The, at the end, he threw a pick to him that was just a terrible mistake. Uh, he could have gotten in position for a field goal to tie the game and go to overtime. Instead, he went for the big chunk play. I don't know what he was doing. My concern is he does not look the same running the football. He was never he was ever Lamar Jackson fast, but he was incredibly effective last year. He was effective last night at 87 yards, kind of was the main offensive weapon, but it just seems like he's uncomfortable out there in the open. There's a lot of times there's five more yards to go, and he just sits on his butt. He's like, I do not want to take a big hit right now. Well, maybe he's trying to save himself a little bit because he knows how valuable he is to the team. So here was Hurts, and listen, maybe he's hopped up on cold medicine. I have no idea. But he said that the team he doesn't think is committed enough. I've been talking about execution all year. Um, Been on the same page. Everyone been on the same page. and We didn't execute. Um, I don't think we're we're all uh, committed enough. You know, you know, just just got to turn it around. So when you say you're, the team's not committed enough, that's going to raise a couple eyebrows. He tried to elaborate on what he meant. What do you mean by that, about being committed enough? Commitment. I don't know, know that 
I had a dictionary on me. Now, um, excuse me, I don't know um, how else to say that. I guess, how are you seeing that present itself? Just, you know, it's a matter of being on the same page. Yeah, see, the thing about commitment, Perloff, is that indicates that it's not something X's and O's, right? Or it's not, it's it's like an effort thing. That's at least what I think when I hear that. Yeah, definitely. And usually when it's a quarterback, it's a, a wide receiver running the wrong route or something. Uh, actually, and I, I'm going to give credit to EJ for this. I just think the, the way Jalen Hurts thinks is if your team loses, it's something, it's a commitment thing. He's just such an old school like if you work as hard as you possibly can, you're go- you're going to win. Uh, it's not necessarily calling out a guy because he's not a call out a guy guy. I think he's just talking very generally. Is that right, EJ? The way you characterize it? Yeah, I mean, he he kind of sounds like a caricature of what we think of of like the high school athlete who tries too hard. Like he's like you know if you if you eat all your vegetables, yeah. and you do these workouts, <laughs> and you, you do everything you're vegetable. supposed to do, you're gonna win. And like and like like I think that's what made Jalen hurts great is that he does have this kind of like innocence in terms of how he views sports uh, so he throws out there's a lack of commitment when we hear that from star athletes we usually run to oh he's throwing a shot yeah. at somebody he's yeah, going right. to aj brown he's going to sirianni who's he talking about i think what hurts i think he just thinks like perloff said we're not trying we're not winning so therefore we must not be playing hard enough we must, we must not be okay, committed but, enough well but here's the thing playing hard has nothing to do well i guess it does but commitment is like Let's look up the dictionary definition. Dedicated to the cause. That means like everyone pulling in the same direction. That doesn't necessarily mean not playing hard. No. I think it's about like when I think commitment, I'm like guys are out there freelancing. Guys are trying to get their own. Guys aren't committed to the team and the cause. I mean, should we not take them at face value? Well, I think he's talking about generally. No, I I think think he's so by the book. So when a team loses, he's so old school NFL to him, that's a commitment issue, not a you know, not anything specific. I don't think. I mean, who would he be calling out? AJ Brown didn't do anything wrong last night. I, I didn't think so, and it, it feels like it, I know they had some things last year, yeah. right, where they were kind of sniping at each other a little bit on the sidelines earlier this season too, and earlier this season. But that feels like weeks and weeks ago. Maybe stuff is bubbling under the surface. Who knows? It was probably a very long and depressing trip back from Seattle oh. for the Philadelphia Eagles last yeah, night. Yeah, no, that's not fun. I mean, did Jalen Hurts probably take the private plane probably back? To too, right? If you take a private plane out to be quarantined, if you will, away from your teammates, who's the unlucky staff person who's got to <laughs> ride with Jalen Hurts? Probably well, in a hazmat suit yeah, on, on I the would plane. Be. By the way, Eagles have two games against the Giants coming up, and the Giants stink right now. I got to tell you, that is a called a dangerous divisional game because they always lose this game. Jalen Hurts two years ago lost to a terrible Giants team. Well, Tommy Cutlets, uh, yeah. you know, his I soul know. may have left his body on one of those seven sacks that well, he took against the Saints on Sunday, so I don't know. I'd much rather see Tommy Cutlets than Tyrod Taylor. Uh, so I don't, none of this is – I'm nervous about next week. This was a bad loss. If they lose one of their last three, Giants, Arizona, Giants, then it's just, it's over. Well, if you win out, you win the NFC East. Obviously, for Seattle, you got the Titans, you've got the Steelers, you've got the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, clearly you're looking for wild card there. We, we asked a question, and I want to get back to it, which is, if Christian McCaffrey, if something happened and he got hurt, would the 49ers still be able to make a Super Bowl run? Leland is in Sacramento. He's got a thought on it. Good morning, Leland. How are you? Hey, good morning, Maggie. Good morning, Perloff. How you doing? Yo. Hey, uh, let me, uh, there we go. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you. So I'd like to point out, I think you 
you raise a really good argument about Christian McCaffrey. He definitely is the best running back in the NFL. But the 49ers have a stacked house. Yeah. You know, the backups, Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason, every time they get a chance to get in the game, they've done something positive. So I think they would find a way to win, but clearly no one can replace Christian McCaffrey. What are your thoughts? Well, Leo, that's why I, I think that, and appreciate the phone call, I think that while we talk about San Francisco, the depth that they have, the amount of weapons, I still don't think everyone's created equal here in terms of how big of a pie they eat up like in their importance. You could make an argument, probably Trent Williams, the left tackle, might yeah. not only be the largest human, but also be the most important one. Well, you could also make skills. You could make a Debo argument too. I mean, when he was out, just the entire offense looked different. He's a tough yards guy too. So that, I mean, listen, my argument is simple. There's just so many weapons there. And that Kyle Shanahan's had so much success with so many random running backs. Now I understand he did get, he gave him a second round pick to get McCaffrey in there. He's obviously incredibly important. But I just think they're 32 points better than the Cowboys. They're 30 points better than the Eagles. Does Christian McCaffrey make up that 30 points? No way. Well, what did he do in those two games? They didn't even need him in either of those games against their two biggest NFC opponents. They could have put it could put EJ at running back and won those games by 25. See, I think that's kind of that's the disrespect. No, I mean EJ. I'm sure you. I run like a five fleet seven. of foot. No, no chance. Sorry. But that's kind of the disrespect I think to McCaffrey because he's leading the team in touchdowns. I mean, he's yeah. So first of all, touchdowns is the most overrated stat because they feed okay, him the ball. Yards, because, yards per catch. Yeah, like, but. Did, Everything. Did he make any? I, I actually don't even remember. Yeah, I'm sure he had a good games against Dallas and Philadelphia, but there was everybody was feeding in that game. Dre Greenlaw single handedly was murdering the Eagles for the entire game until he got kicked out. And yeah. By the way, do you see big guys? You see Big Dom. Speaking of Dre Greenlaw, oh yeah, up at, leveling up. Big Dom up in the uh, GM suite last night. They put the camera on him, and I hate to do the stereotype thing, but man, that dude was housing food. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> And Joe and Troy just couldn't help themselves. They're just like, oh, now he's got the free food. Look at how much better uh, life is for Dom. Was this the long game? Maybe. I don't know. The I mean, long con. look, yep. like it was that game in in Philly was rainy, nasty. Dom's been doing this for a while. He may have realized, <laughs> you know what? This, I'm not about uh, this life anymore. How can I get myself in a much more comfortable situation? You know, it's so smart, EJ. It's like three dimensional chess that Big Dom is playing just as the weather's getting bad. Disgusting conditions, mm. most likely, and you're up in the luxury box like Bradley Cooper chowing down on finger foods. And he became more of a cult hero. Yeah. Like, now more people know who he is, and in Philly now, he's an icon. So this whole thing seemed to work out great for Big Time. We thought, oh, he's going to be banned from the sidelines. Well, he this is. is. Yeah, but, but I mean. For the rest of the year. But how is he I, allowed I think he's probably in okay the stadium? With I was actually wondering. <laughs> I he was he escorting got... Jalen Hurts in, not a, not just yeah. in the stadium. Maybe he's the guy who rides with Jalen Hurts on the PJ. I think the Eagles might have broken the spirit of that suspension by having him up in the Like, why is Dom allowed in Seattle? <laughs> I, I was genuinely surprised I mean, to see you, him. Aren't you able to bring whoever you want? Like, well, not, you're banned, not on the sidelines. But... Like, there's the sideline access, and then there's just player yeah. team personnel. I don't know. I just thought the spirit of it was he's not supposed to show up at the stadium, but there he was. Front and center. Just, well, I don't even know what they looked nice. were he had eating. A, he had a little sport jacket combo going on. <laughs> that I, guy's windbreaker for life. Do you think it's chicken fingers and stuff, like even in the GM suite? Or they get something better? Oh, I hope the GM eat better. than I love I chicken fingers. Me I can throw down chicken fingers all day long, but I hope that you're getting some prime rib. 
Okay, but EJ, Taylor Swift was eating the chicken fingers. She's in Travis Kelsey's suite, and she's just eating regular stuff. Yeah, but she's living the bit, though. She's living the bit. So I, I think there's <laughs> a chance that there could be lobster there, and she's saying, no, I'll take the chicken fingers and fries. I got to look like the high school girlfriend. By the way, the there was, there was Woman a, of the people. A yeah. great video, and it's probably the most seen video of any NFL clip where she's screaming the uh, yeah. like profanity and just like... Over the, I, over yeah. the worst call. Like, yeah. it, it was clearly like a, a good no call. Yes. And she's yeah. screaming. It's like... And they caught it and uh, all her fans are like, whoa, Taylor said that word. Uh, I got to give her props <laughs> for that. I think she's really into it. And it's about time. Uh, I can't believe she's 34 and just discovering football. What's the deal? <laughs> it's so calculated, Perloff. It's yeah, all, I know. It's all, for it's it. all part yeah, but of once you get out there, once you get out there, although I don't know, her uh, her boyfriend's not playing well right now, but blame her. <laughs> well, Make he was playing really well when she came along, and now I think now it's like the relationship to the, the next level. He got the new girlfriend bump. You know, we saw this with Tony Romo when yeah. Jessica Simpson first yeah. came around, and he right. was throwing four touchdowns, and all of a sudden playoffs, you know, he's dropping fumbles and yeah. losing to the Giants. That's right. because now Travis has to do stuff around the house. It's like yeah. the, the you know, gone first to the next level of, com- of comfort. Yeah. Next level. And he's up on it. He's like, oh, Travis, your turn to walk the dog. It's Now it's a grind. <laughs> I don't know if they've gotten to that stage yet. They're like in the in-between where it's like you now, it's like we spent the weekend together. You know, I yeah. Yeah, there's bathroom stuff. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. all that breaking the threshold. Yeah, no, I mean, Travis, uh, Taylor's like, oh, you have to go tell one of the four butlers to walk the dog now. <laughs> <laughs> what a grueling life. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. No, I know that she works very hard. So does he, but she will get blamed if he continues to decline. And we all know it's true. Coming up, got some sound for you that you must hear. We do that for you next. It is Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. All right. The Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. All right. It's time to choose uh, Defensive Player of the Week. EJ picked one, and Maggie and I tried to guess. I think I got it. Who do you got? It could have been Julian Love from last night. He had two interceptions on Jalen Hurts. And if EJ wanted to troll Pearl off, that would be a perfect opportunity because he picked off Jalen Hurts twice, as I just mentioned. I actually think you're going to go with uh, Tanoa Passigno, the um, Saints pass rusher who had three sacks, three of the seven sacks on Tommy Cutlets. Yeah, but that's the Saints giant. You can't beating up the Giants. You can't win for that. I think it's a guy EJ and I were talking about earlier in the week, Justin Matabike on the Ravens. Mm. You got to go Ravens, somebody on the Ravens, and he's the emerging star, pass rusher, is in the league leaders, amongst the league leaders in sacks. Somebody, on, or Kyle Hamilton on the Ravens. We don't give that Ravens defense enough love. Beating I up think Tommy. We do. <laughs> I don't know if we do, like the, the but the individuals, uh, all of a sudden Kyle Van Noy is out of the media and on the field killing it. Davion Clowney out of nowhere killing it. So I, I just think the Ravens mean more love. Beat up Tommy Cullen should not get you this award. Who'd you pick? The defensive player of the week is OKC Thunder forward and former Gonzaga great Chet Holmes. There you go. Seven blocks in the Thunder's win over the Grizzlies last night. He collected those seven blocks in just 25 minutes of action. He also had eight blocks in the Thunder's Saturday win over the Nuggets, meaning Holmgren has a combined 15 blocks in the last two games. Now, the race for rookie of the year is basically a one-two-man battle between Holmgren and Spurs phenom Victor Wembanyama. It's a race we're closely watching because yeah. our own Andrew Perloff will have to drive to San Antonio if Wemby wins Rookie of the Year. So a great night 
for Chet Holmgren, a great night for Andrew Perloff. Yep. Though maybe he's not, he's not getting those tacos anymore, but great night for Andrew <laughs> Perloff nonetheless. So I'm going with Chet Holmgren. And shout out to Chet because he is a Gonzaga great. I'm a big Gonzaga fan. A lot of folks told me he couldn't play in the NBA because he was too skinny and he went to Gonzaga and all this nonsense. He's been an absolute stud and he's having a fantastic Wait, game. how long was he actually at Gonzaga? One year. <laughs> okay. So I, I don't know. How long I, is anyone anywhere? Yeah, I just right, think that's, that, that's, that's I don't know if he's a Gonzaga now. legend like Drew Timmy. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, Drew Timmy's icon too. But Chet Holmgren was there one year. He was one of the best freshmen, maybe the best freshman in the country. He was what number three pick in the draft or number two pick in the draft? I so. just think okay. I think maybe you're overstating the Gonzaga legend, but I do love this because <laughs> what? I, I don't know. He's the like, highest draft pick in Gonzaga history, and. Okay, and what did he do in the tournament? Actually, I don't Wait, remember. They lost in the I, Sweet 16. I think that there's probably, if you were just going to say Gonzaga basketball legend, the first player that comes to mind, let's all say it, one, two, three, Josh Adam Morrison. Wait, <laughs> what? Who'd you say? Stockton. Okay, well, Stockton, yes. I would say Adam Morrison. I mean, he's on that Mount Rushmore. Okay. There's a Mount Rushmore of Zags. I think that is Timmy. I think that is Stockton. I think that is uh, Adam Morrison. Fourth guy, you can kind of, it's a, Pick of the litter, honestly. Who's okay. the guy that Magic took? Who uh, Jalen Suggs? Jalen Suggs. Yeah, he was probably better at Gonzaga than most of these. And then uh, you'd have to take uh, somebody from the initial well, Sweet Final 16 Four. Team. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Frantangelo, a uh, Ricky Fromm. Well, I think yeah, Ricky Fromm. That is that says Gonzaga. But Jalen right. Suggs got hit that buzzer beater to get to the Final Four. That Suggs was an iconic also, moment. Also yeah. a Gonzaga icon. I, there's no reason why we can't give all these guys their flowers. And I'm but happy the one and this done become a Gonzaga segment as a Gonzaga fan. But I'm just shouting out Chet Holmgren because again, like, they said he would be a bust. That's like saying a Duke legend. Like you can't put a one Ellen and done. Brand Duke legend. Well, Elton <laughs> Brand is probably more than some guys, but generally, I think the one and duns are less of a. It's legend. It's a different era, though. I mean, is yeah. KD not a Texas legend? Of course he is. No. Uh, are you kidding uh, me? Uh, Kevin Durant's not a Duke legend. Kevin Durant's number is hanging in the rafters. Well, I'd do that too if I were them, because right. I'm hoping he's going to give well, who, donations. <laughs> who are the other Texas Wait, basketball but legends? Like, we got the way we think college basketball is totally different now. These yes. guys that come in in one year, they shift the culture. Is Derrick Rose not? A Memphis legend? Are you kidding me? Of course well, he is. He is. Carmelo is. Carmelo Anthony. But he won the yeah, title. But Derrick Rose made it to the final game. Yeah. Right. But you just made a case for Jalen Suggs, who also made it to the final game. No, but Kevin Durant, didn't they go out in the second round? Right. He averaged 30. I'm just <laughs> saying, freshman. they didn't go very far. LaMarcus Aldridge, I guess, would also be Texas basketball. Yeah. I Another remember great the one. They Sixers went to the final four guy, as well. BJ Ford out of Texas. I think it was all time TJ Ford was a TJ great Ford. Point, point guard out of Texas. Yes. Um, all wow, right. that was a tangent. But by the way, thank you for putting <laughs> Chad in there. Yeah, shout out to Andrew Perloff. He's yeah. got a he's got a leg to stand on in this uh, anti Wimby take. Oh man, but we really should be rooting for Wembenyama as a whole here. But that was a good pick, EJ. Uh, Fordham legend Andrew Bogus yeah. is here. Uh, they lost again, guys. Their quarterback threw the ball to the other team twice. The tush push exposed as cheating. They changed their defensive coordinator on the sly last week. Not to mention the Phillies lost the NLCS and the Sixers lost at home to the Bulls <laughs> last night. The Eagles have had better Decembers. Uh, they didn't trail on Monday Night Football in Seattle until Jackson Smith and Jigba's TD catch with 28 seconds left in regulation. The Seahawks getting a 2017 win, extending the Phillies skim to three games. Now, until the end, that Eagle D looked better with Matt Patricia replacing coordinator Sean Desai. Nick Sirianni made that change after their previous loss. I didn't feel like we were playing well enough and coaching well enough on defense, so I made an adjustment, um, and it was my decision, and that's, what, and that's what I did. The Eagles also dealing last night with a sick Jalen Hurts. He ran for two scores, but also tossed a pair of fourth-quarter picks, including one 
After Seattle took the lead, the loss keeps Dallas atop the NFC East and the Eagles in the five seed. The Seahawks, meanwhile, snapped their four-game skid. They're now one of four seven and seven teams in the NFC. The Vikings and Rams have playoff spots this morning. Seattle and New Orleans do not. Those Rams and those Saints play on Thursday night this week. Neither team practiced yesterday, but did have to submit an injury report. LA receiver 2-2 Atwell would have been a full participant after missing last weekend with a concussion. Chris Olave would not have been on the field in New Orleans because of his ankle injury. Bengals wideout Jamar Chase expected to miss at least Saturday against the Steelers with last weekend's shoulder injury. Man, they, they reported that at first, Jamar Chase. That yeah. It was like, oh, it's day-to-day. Like, he really yeah. he he really um, dodged, dodged a bullet here. And then it's like, no, it's a separated AC joint. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute, that's not dodging anything. No. Also, they they use the designation sometime. He'll miss some time. What the heck does some time mean? Yeah, it means some time could be a, a few month. weeks. It could be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard some time. I'm like, oh my gosh, is no. he going to play this regular season again? This is what the Bengals do. Don't you remember Zach Taylor talking about Joe Burrow's calf in training camp? He's like, he'll be out for an undetermined amount of yeah. time space continuum. It's like, well, and they then, make this so tough. And then Joe Burrow came back about a, two months before anyone expected him to come back. I know. Um, amazing. The Lakers hung their NBA Cup banner last (laughs) night and then deservedly lost to the Knicks, 114-109. LeBron, though, stands by the decision (laughs) to add this banner to the ones for real titles. Acknowledge, acknowledge, um, you know, wins throughout the course of a a marathon. I think that's... um, I think it's pretty cool and uh you know that's the first it's the inauguration of it we was able to win it so you know for our fans that wasn't that didn't get an opportunity to be in vegas um they got an opportunity to kind of share that celebration with us tonight yes. yeah all the lakers things that they win come outside of la it was the bubble title now this <laughs> but like do you if you didn't make it to la to see them beat the pacers do you walk into whatever it's called now last night and see the banner and go Okay, now I feel whole. <laughs> this is right now. I thought it was a little bit um, presumptuous that when they hung the banners first, they're like nestled in between the banners of like NBA titles from like yeah. the 50s and the 80s and stuff, which probably rubs people the wrong way. But it's like um, it's like a, a rectangle with a triangle at the bottom, and they are definitely leaving space for more years. Yes. Are we sure the Lakers are going to win more? Well, these? that was, I think that's their compromise to the, we can't believe you're doing this argument that they're like, well, we're, we're going to yeah. have one banner and we can add the years right. on if we do win it again, as opposed to hanging one every time they yeah. win this but I have thing. a question though. So we know that they're going to up the stakes of this in season tournament. It's not going to stay the way it is. You think it's going to be playoff birth or it's going to be something. Okay. This will age better 10 years from now. Or 15 years from now, maybe even sooner, because what's going to happen is there's going to be a time where winning this in-season tournament is going to guarantee you something important. And then when we look back and we see the Lakers having a banner up there saying they've won it three, four times or whatever, it's not going to look as crazy as it looks today because right now it was only money and the players played hard and by all accounts it was a a pretty good success. But because the stakes didn't result in anything regarding winning a championship or going to the playoffs or even a draft pick, it looks a little weird. I guarantee you when this thing gets more amped up, yeah. that won't look okay. as crazy. So the problem, though, about attaching some kind of playoff spot to it is you're trying to do this to curtail load management. But if you put a playoff spot and all of a sudden a team has secured a playoff spot in December, you're actually encouraging load management for that team. 
So I, I don't know what yeah, you do. I agree with that. I, here's the problem with the in-season tournament. It accentuates the problem that is the NBA regular season. Not only does it show that, oh my, my gosh, this 82-game season is way too long. It's so boring. Who cares? The teams don't care what happens in December. So they're say, they basically admitted that. So they put in this in-season tournament. The problem is the game after the in-season tournament, it reminds you again, oh my God, so now these games don't mean anything? Like The Lakers lost the Knicks last night. In the big picture... That means less than me losing a pickup game on Saturday. It's just nothing. There's nothing to grab onto. So the in-season tournament is a fix for a problem that somehow seems worse now that we have the in-season tournament. I don't know how the problem is worse yeah. when it, if you normally would have had, they would have played November and December basketball. It's not like they they just don't play basketball and they say, all right, we'll see you in April. Like they play these games. So you got to see these guys play. The games were elevated. They were very intense. There was excitement for the games. I don't know how it's a, it, it makes the regular season worse. Wait, I, you got to see better but doesn't don't, don't, don't the games feel flat now? Wait, can I actually? Give they weren't flat anyway. So your point. Key, the the biggest takeaway from the in season tournament that might actually end up maybe mattering a little bit. I think that Zion getting embarrassed at times in that in season tournament may have lit a little bit of a fire under him. And there are the seventh seed right now. They're sixteen and eleven, and he's been playing better. That might be the end up being the best and biggest takeaway because people said he looked fat, that he looked slow, he looked, you know, disinterested at times and got kind of embarrassed. There. What was interesting was last night after the game when they asked LeBron, I think the Lakers haven't played that great since winning an in season tournament. No, they're one in three. Right. And then he they asked him it about it. He said, them. Well he said, Well, what's the Pacers record? And I think the Pacers are one in four. He said Well, hangover? Maybe there's in some, season championship maybe there's hangover. He said maybe there's something <laughs> to it. I don't know. Or maybe neither one of them is a very good team. Well, the Pacers are not a great team. I mean, the but, Lakers just went to the conference finals. Yeah. Why do I feel like I'm always defending the Lakers <laughs> in this show? Well, this I, makes me sick, by yeah, the way. Yeah, they got swept in the conference finals. Well. Yeah, I mean, okay. But they beat the Warriors. Right. They beat the Warriors. I mean, the show, the, the ghost of the, the, the Warriors. Okay. So there were four they, teams left in the playoffs. No, the Warriors <laughs> were the defending were champs last right. year. Right. Uh, do we only care about the Nuggets and the oh Heat? My God. First of all, you were lowering the expectations <laughs> for LeBron James and the Lakers <laughs> to a point where it's like, yes, they should hang a banner because I'm the fact that they, you don't think that was a disappointment that they got swept in the no, conference finals? No, I thought finals? it was amazing. They made Jordan it ever to got the, swept? I, think, I, the, I thought it was awesome that they made it to the Western Conference Finals, and that's on you. You always say, I bring up Jordan. You just brought up Jordan. I know. I like I, That's my new Twitter thing. Anytime LeBron does anything, I, I say, do you think Jordan would do this? And every Everyone just I gets thought Jordan so did get swept early in his career, but I got to... Uh, yeah, uh, quite a bit early yeah. on. And again, now did. defending LeBron. What is this show? <laughs> Bogus, what else you well, got? And, and not to argue about something that may never happen or is too far down the road, but EJ, if you live in a world where you're going to accept the winner of the NBA Cup in December clinching a playoff spot, that would be the most gimmicky thing I can think of any league doing. You should be whatever podcast you're on chat rooms, whatever. You cannot let this happen. Why would that be <laughs> chat so bad? rooms. <laughs> How in the world could you let a team clinch a playoff spot by winning a bunch of games in Vegas in you, December? You give them a playing you give them a playing spot. That's been what's no. been talked about. Is you give them a playing spot cuz you still got to win two more games. It doesn't mean that you're guaranteed a playoff spot. Wait, what's more gimmicky? Would it be that or when the when baseball's home field in the World Series right. is determined yeah, by yeah. gimmicks. And guess what? Gimmicks, well, gimmicks, and no on. one liked that from the beginning. Yeah. The dumb commissioner did it and now it doesn't happen anymore. Anymore. Yeah. Wait, wait, Smart wait. Smart to get rid of that. 
20 out of 30 teams make the playoffs in the NBA, and 14 teams are tanking. You don't need to give away a free playoff. If you can't make the playoffs, <laughs> you don't have a, you don't have a pulse. You should go to the Ugh. hospital. Everybody makes the playoffs, Bogus, so who cares if they give it? Because them. the NBA should be better than this, than granting playoff spots to beg teams they're, to play hard in they're December. They're 10 deep in both conferences right, but, playoff but spots. I'm confused. 10 deep. So, I know. So, I know. So, so what's the big issue? The fact that we have a regular season that you say doesn't matter. It's too or, long. Or, or that... Putting in uh, putting stakes on the regular season is too much because now we're being gimmicky. Like what I what I dislike about this conversation all the time is there's never a solution that works. It's always well we know shortening the season is not on the table. No. It's not going to happen. So okay, what do we do? We put in season tournament. Oh, you can't do that because who cares about the in season tournament? Okay, well let's raise the stakes. Well, no, you can't do that because then you look gimmicky. Okay, well let's do nothing. Let's go back to the regular season. Well, no, that the regular season anything. is boring. I'm yeah. watching football. What do you people want? <laughs> I well, just wake me up for the playoffs. That's all I want because the rest. I think is it's garbage. become that sport for a lot of people. It's, and it's become and listen like NCAA basketball. It's just become for a lot of fans who are still watching the NBA. Then what, what just, difference does it make? They just if, want to watch the playoffs. But if you're going to watch the playoffs, then what difference does it make? If you're not watching right, and then so they decide why, to do the in-season tournament and they raise the stakes, what difference does it make? Right, so why yucky Jay-Z Yums? Right. You know? Who cares? You're gonna you're only going to turn on in April, so you won't even know the Lakers won the in-season tournament. Well, no, I will because I'll be telling you about it. During, <laughs> I'll be mocking it. Yeah. Uh, what else you got, folks? Uh, we've got the Pistons. Nothing matters to them come postseason time because they lost again last night, 130-124 in Atlanta. The losing streak is now 24 games too shy Oof. of the all-time mark. Go. Go, the, go, go. I mean, I mean, now we got a room for history here. And you came this close. You can't come this close and not set the record. Once you're here, set the record. Wait, Who has the all-time mark? Probably uh, the Nets, right? No, it's tw- the number's 26. Is it the, that bad Sixers team? I think it is, actually. Yeah. I remember the Nets were on the verge of having the longest losing streak, and they changed coaches. And uh, made an interim coach coach the game. <laughs> it was so dirty. It was like, you just don't. None of the coaches, like Kiki Vandaway, didn't want this on his coaching record. <laughs> so they made some, like, l- lower coach. Yeah, yeah, Tom, Tom Barese. Yeah, the Tom Barese. 2010 I actually Cavs knew his name. I just didn't want to say it. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. <laughs> um, wait a minute. Okay, so the Sixers have it. Who are the next two games? No, the Cavs pieces? and the Sixers. The Nets. Back-to-back games the Nets. Back-to-back games with the Nets. Pretty sure it is. The 23rd and the 20th. I wish the Nets had this record. This would make this game, these games Wait, so good. Wait, that's here in New York. Should we go to that game? It's Saturday night, I think. Oh, my God. Oh, they're just giving me They Saturday have the Nuggets plans. on Friday. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not here this weekend. That'd be hilarious to go. I'm not here this weekend either, but you would have to pay me so much money to go to that game. It's like I mean, five minutes from your house. <laughs> you could offer me the free food seats. Forget it. There is no way on earth I'm going to that game. Although, I I did like Cade Cunningham at one point. Is he, is he had 43 points last night, and they still lost. Jeez. They got to do something. Yeah. Adam Silver's got to step in do something. <laughs> do what? I mean, Give him a playoff spot. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, look at, you know, the 2010. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. It's the Jazz and then the Nets twice. Yeah. Home okay. home for the Jazz yeah. and then in Brooklyn Saturday night. Things worked out pretty good for those two losing streak teams. The Cavs, that losing streak led to LeBron and then, or no, that didn't lead to LeBron. It led to what, they got Kyrie out of that loss. But, I mean, like, yeah, you're tanking. You're going to get a number one pick. There's got to be somebody eventually who's going to come to Detroit, right? Anyone? This Help? is not a great draft. So, this is the – you really? should have did this oh, last yeah. year if you were going to do this. But Cade's a stud. It, and they have – I was going to say Izzy. I like him. But the problem has been, like, does he impact winning in any way? I mean, right. when I watch them, it just he looks like a guy that's just going to get his numbers. And then it doesn't matter kind of what else happens. Now, his team is awful. So, like, maybe this is a bad way to judge him. But – 
for someone they raved about during the NBA, uh, during the Team USA practices, they wanted to put him on the national team for the World Cup. That's how good he played. He didn't right. want to play because he was coming back from injury. They raved about this guy, and he has two wins this season? I mean, it just seems like they were talking about a different person. Let's go. Let's uh, break this record. You can do it, Pistons. And uh, you guys will remember that the Ottawa Senators have already fired their GM this season. Now oh, head course. coach DJ Smith got the boot yesterday. He's replaced by Jacques Martin, who was Ottawa's coach from 95 through 04. He came back a few weeks ago as a special advisor to the coaching staff. That's five coaching changes already in the NHL, and we're not even in the 2024. No patience in hockey these days. Apparently not. Black Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Good grief. Well, thank you, Andrew Bogish. Coming up, major college football quarterback news. We've got that for you. Stay tuned. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the wise and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Back. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff here. You know, because there's so much NFL news, we do not want it to get mm. lost in the shuffle. The things are going crazy right now in college football. I've been calling it the transfer portal, but in some cases, it's actually just a good old-fashioned high school recruiting yeah. that's back on the docket as well. Perloff's going to get us up to speed on the biggest things you missed in college football. No, it is not good old-fashioned college recruiting because Dillareola, the number one quarterback of the next class, has now been committed to Ohio State, yeah, Georgia. I heard of it. And now he just flipped to Nebraska, where his father went, uh, Dominic Rayola, a former NFL player. Yep. So originally, and also, by the way, he quasi-committed to USC at one point in there, way back when. He was uh, linked to Lincoln Riley. So I just think it feels like it has a transfer portal energy in the sense that, don't you think he's just been sort of shopping around the best deal? And the old days of recruiting, you commit to a school, that's long gone. Everybody's flipping five times. And here's the thing. He might be committed to Nebraska now. Do you really think he's going to end up in Nebraska in the long term? Well, no, but that's yes. just because I'm watching what's going on. But he is like all the ties. You mentioned the father, you know, played yeah. in Nebraska, then went on to play in the NFL for 12 years. And his uncle right now is the offensive line yeah. coach at Nebraska. Yeah, why, why do you think that is? <laughs> to try to lure <laughs> yeah. the uh, the nephew to, to the school. But listen, I, I think... Um, I thought this one was interesting because kudos to Nebraska. 
Like, you've got to use every connection you have to try and land these recruits. I mean, when was the last time that Nebraska landed a five-star quarterback? Yeah, I mean, but this is an exception, though. Right. I don't think they would have got any because he was going to go there. Before Georgia, He they would, looked like it was ha- headed in Nebraska. I think this is a bit of an exception. But this is a coup for Matt Rule no matter what because yeah. even he, it looked bad when yeah. he decided to go, you know, went to Georgia. Now he is actually going to end up going to Nebraska. So good for Rule. I totally good for And I, I'm a big fan of Matt Rule, actually. I think it was all, you know, I think the Panthers, we now look back at that. That was a messed up situation all around. But I just worry you bring in a five star recruit like this, and all of a sudden you have pressure. And just, I don't think the five-star recruit is going to end up having his best years there. So I do think this adds a lot of pressure to Matt Rule to win. And it's not that easy. I just think the, the days of you getting Trevor Lawrence and it working out are long gone because I think the players are uh, want to transfer because they get new NIL deals. So I just worry a little bit of the pressure here. Because now all of a sudden Nebraska is relevant. Now there's real pressure. Last year, Matt Rule had a couple wins, but there was no pressure on him at all. Now it's real. So it is a great day. But I'm telling you, with that comes a lot of issues. I think you the pressure is a privilege like Billy Jean King line if you're Nebraska because I think there have been so many people who are like, oh, that was a great program back in the day and they yeah. haven't been able to get it right in a long time. So to actually have pressure and expectations at Nebraska in a real way, not just like, you know, fanatical fans, I think is really important for a program like that if they want to become relevant again. Yes, but let's look at the other two five-star recruits are in the news. Malachi Nelson left USC. Well, that's our other big news. Yes, he's at, he's reportedly entering the transfer portal. Uh, and, it, it, you know, all the rumors and the message boards say that they were not in love with him. And then Dante Moore is leaving you, another five-star recruit, leaving UCLA for Oregon. But he was a bit of a disappointment, too, uh, for UCLA. So it just, again, proving five-star is one thing. Those guys, I mean, how fast are Malachi Nelson and Dante Moore moving on, who were the big news when they both signed with their original schools? So I'm being, uh, I'm just being a little bit of a wet blanket here. Yes, the Dylan Rayola news is huge, but in today's college football world, nothing lasts for, they're like the NFL, nothing lasts long. Well, I think for Rayola, go back to him for a second at Nebraska. And again, this is a five-star high school recruit, son of a longtime NFL offensive lineman who decided to go to Nebraska. I mean, following in the father's footsteps, sure, but that is a big deal. I think he's got to start right away, right? I well, mean, listen, maybe, but Nebraska has been desperately trying to get an older quarterback, too. They they went reportedly all out on Kyle McCord and didn't land him. So he's awfully young. Do you really want to start a true freshman? Well, I think that's kind of the the, the risk and the or the gift and the curse of of landing someone like this. I think they end up having a lot of uh, power, you know, or I think whatever they want kind of goes because, again, you land this high-profile recruit. Now, I thought Arch Manning could have flexed that muscle if he wanted to, and he didn't, and now they're in the college football playoff with Quinn Ewers at the quarterback, and Quinn's probably coming back next year. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him starting. Now, the Malachi Nelson thing I thought was also interesting because he leaves. You get a sense that, you know, because he had been like the heir apparent to get Caleb Williams and now he's moving on, clearly the coaching staff told him, hey, kid, hit the portal. Right? Well, in so many words, sure. Right. Maybe and, they they probably said you could hang out around as a backup, but you're not starting. Right. So after two years in the program, I think at this point you're going to go, right? And so this is this is interesting because USC doesn't have a quarterback right now. Well, yeah, but they're clearly going transfer portal. No, they will, but a lot of guys, like some of the dominoes have kind of fallen here. 
But he he was actually a true freshman. I know he'd been hanging around USC. I thought that they had him in the program for yeah, like but over he was a, a year. Yeah, then also I think he was third string by the time Miller Moss, who yep. would have started. So they'll bring in what's the reports? Will Howard or Malik Murphy? So. Sure. Lincoln Riley's clearly going transfer portal. He does not want, he's going to the Big Ten. He does not want to start a 19 year old quarterback. That's a reality. I think, you know, teams are, teams are competitive and you cannot win with young players. It's just, just like college basketball. My, my question though would be how many of these good quarterbacks are to go around? I mean, we saw last year Florida was convinced they were going to get the kid McCall from Coastal Carolina. They didn't get him and they kind of were stuck with the bag. They, End up with Grant Mertz, who, you know, shout yeah. out to him, no disrespect, but clearly he was not one of the upper echelon quarterbacks of the SEC. Wow. And they kind of got left with the bag. And some of these teams that are right now kind of just saying, oh, we'll just get our guy at the portal. Uh, some Florida can tell you. It, it does, sometimes the grass isn't always greener on that portal side. Well, I don't totally agree with that. Grant Mertz was at least a huge recruit. Like, I don't think Grant, Grant Mertz, Mertz was, was like guard. I know he's at bad at Wisconsin, yeah. but that's not the, at he least he was a name. <laughs> It was a name, but it didn't what it ended up yeah, Nobody was excited about well, Grammar's going to Florida. I thought did a nice job at Florida this year. I thought he was really good. They I won mean, six games this year. Yeah, but if Mertz was in and out, I, I thought Mertz was okay. Anyway, what were you saying? Well, I'm just thinking about, so if if USC knew that they needed a quarterback, why are we waiting till now after some of these dominoes have already fallen to kind of figure this out? And I, I have... And it's not that late. There's still plenty of guys out there. Yeah. But I thought one reason may have been, are people thinking that Lincoln Riley might still be going to the NFL? Oh, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I'm not sure the NFL wants him now. Uh, well, obviously, I think they've had Will Howard on campus, and they've had Malik Murray. So if you're Malachi Nelson, you see Will Howard come in, the Kansas State quarterback. And also, they, you know, they have the number one recruit who... For 2026, who just reclassified to 2025, a kid who was actually on the cover of Sports Illustrated, yep. Juju Lewis. Yep. So they have a future quarterback, and Malachi yeah, Nelson clearly do they? wasn't it. Because uh, these commits yeah. flip every year. Well, that's what like I'm that's <laughs> you can't say 2025 feels like it's a million years from now in quarterback land. Yeah, so that's why. <laughs> listen, USC they have a very tough schedule next year and they need a guy who knows what he's doing there. They cannot have an unproven guy. I think that's exactly what Lincoln Riley's thinking. Uh, anyone else that we had to get to? Uh, oh, Georgia losing all their recruits. Uh, this was Friday. I saw a number. Uh, Aaron Murray was tweeting. They lost 17 sort of blue chip recruits. And then they lost Marvin Jones Jr. Who is a son of former NFL player, Marvin Jones. So is something going wrong with Kirby smart? Is there it's a reason they're bringing in some guys, but obviously Brock Vandergrift, the big quarterback recruit, left. So all of a sudden, Georgia, the hottest program in the country, is not anymore. I, I don't understand. Wait, but they just got the news that Carson Beck's going to be coming back. Yeah, no duds. Carson Beck's coming back. Well, he's <laughs> I not think going that's in a this good, year. That's a good sign for them. No. <laughs> oh no. I well, Carson Beck. There's no way Carson Beck was entering this draft when he can be in top ten pick next year. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Maggie and Perloff coming up. The one thing you have to be watching for tonight, we've got it for you. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.